Wildwood Community Church exists to shine as light in our homes, in our community, and in our world. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Are you a leader or a follower? You ever heard that before? You're going to be a leader or you're going to be a follower? Which one is it? It struck me as I was walking up here uh, last service, uh, I told the story about yesterday at Go Wild. Um, some of you will giggle who know me. Um, Go Wild is our effort where we partner with Rebuilding Together, and we were working at three houses. I'd say we were working. I was there for the three houses in the community yesterday, um, and I was sharing the story of when I showed up and I saw what Curtis had in his car and in his truck, and I saw these tools that they were bringing out, which I didn't really know what they were, I knew that I was called to be a follower, right? So um, Jim Rankin and I shoveled mulch. Uh, but these guys, uh, it's pretty amazing, you guys that are handy and able to do things with your hands because um, they actually took a, a garage and where there was a washer and dryer by the door, built a laundry room. So put down the wood, put down the plywood, put up the framing and the walls, and it got all the way through being textured by 6.30 last night. This, this lady had a brand new... Uh, washer and dryer room, brand new utility room, and it was, it was amazing. But again, I was just getting out of the way. So I hope you know, Curtis, I wasn't trying to slack off. I just, I had, I did get to do two of the cuts with the power saw thing. So I'd never gotten to do that before. So they did let me, they did let me do two of the cuts. And I think I may have gotten a picture. I don't know if we have the pictures back, but I did it slow so I could get the picture. But uh, so it wouldn't be blurry. So we'll have to see when those come back. I was called to be a follower yesterday. Um, but a lot of times people want to be the leader, right? Little kids play a game called follow the leader. What do they want to be? The leader, right? When I coach soccer teams, um, a couple things happen that show me the kids want to be leaders. First of all, we practice sometimes when it rains, we practice in the gym here, and I'll take them out dribbling their soccer balls, kicking it all around the church property and playing follow the leader. They have to do what I do, but they all want to be the leader. Then we'll get back after warming up a little bit and we'll, we'll stretch, so they'll get in a circle and uh, what do they all want to be? The leader. And, uh, you know, they get in arguments because they want to lead stretching. You know, so it's a little silly, but um, people want to be the leader. Um, you know, I may even have described my own children, or you may have described yours or a child in your classroom, as this, this child is going to be a leader. I can just tell. Joshua, he was born to lead. You know, this child's, this child's bound to be a leader. Or this child, you know... She's going to be more of a follower, right? And so you sort of peg children a little bit in, in what their personalities are. Leader or follower. Um, you put it on your uh, resume, right? These are the things that I led. You don't necessarily put on there, these are the areas where I followed. Which is probably what a lot of bosses would like to know, right? Can you follow? But you put on there what you led. You put on when you're a high school senior trying to get into college all the things that you did in leadership in high school, well, I got to be a president of this, or I was a part of this and in leadership, and then you do it again in college because you want a good job, and it's all on your resume, and you're called to be a leader, right? If you look at uh, my library, look at the books. I have a lot of books on leadership. There aren't many on being a follower. I can think of maybe two off the top of my head on being a follower. Well, you probably know where I'm going with this, don't you? There are times in life when we're called to be a leader, but at all times we're called to be a follower. 
me say it again. There are times in life when we're called to be a leader, but at all times, we are called to be a follower. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this time that we have, that we can look into your word, and that we can grow in our relationship with you through your word. Lord, you have not been silent, but you had given it to us so that we might know who you are, that we might know your son, Jesus, that we might know the spirit, not just know them intellectually, but be changed by them through your power, through your grace, with your love. Lord, we pray this morning that this would glorify you. We thank you for letting us sing with our voices. Lord, we don't take it for granted. We thank you for this day of life. In Christ's name. If you would, please open up your Bibles to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles, should be a Bible on the seat, uh, bottom of the seat in front of you. Open it up to John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, we're going to see a little bit about leadership and following, what I've been talking about. So open it up to John chapter 1, verse 35. Follow along with me. Again, the next day, John, John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, Jesus purposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. What a wonderful thing to be said of you. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. What's happening here? Jesus has just been identified by John the Baptist as the Lamb of God. John the Baptist has been baptizing and preparing the way for Jesus to come, but he says, I am not the one. I am just preparing the way for the one who is to come. And now Jesus comes onto the scene, and John looks at him and says what? Behold, the Lamb of God. He identifies who Jesus is. And at this time, we have a very interesting uh, text that's recorded for us, and that is of Jesus actually calling his disciples. We see here he's going to choose the men that are going to carry on the faith, even the faith that you and I share to today. And he says two words to Philip. What are they? Follow me. Of all the things that he could have said, 
all the questions he could have asked, all the bios and resumes he could have asked for, he didn't. He said two words. He said, follow me. One of my favorite authors is the preacher C.H. Spurgeon, and he wrote this about this text. When our dear master goes forth to find a soul, it is a very effectual work. He said to Philip, follow me. I will gladly end my sermon just here if my master will preach to some of you his two-worded sermon, follow me, follow me, follow me. Come, poor soul, you do not know the way. Follow me. You want someone to go before you, to be your leader. Follow me. You want someone to be your shelter, your companion, your all. Follow me. That is what you have to do, good woman. You have been worrying about what you have heard from different preachers. Christ says to you, follow me. That is what you have to do, young man. You've been reading those rubbishing modern thought books, 1894, rubbishing modern thought books till you do not know whether you are on your head or on your heels. Burn them. Jesus says, follow me. I know that some of you have been distracted with all sorts of silly talk. Let that go to the dogs. Jesus says, follow me. The crucified Savior says, follow me. Take him for your atonement. The risen Savior says, follow me. Take him for your life. The Savior on the throne says, follow me. Take him for your joy. The Savior coming in glory hereafter says, follow me. Take him to be your hope. Follow me. Follow me. That is the text for tonight, and that is the sermon also. Jesus said to Philip, follow me. And Philip followed him directly. And not only followed Christ himself, but he began immediately to get others to follow him. We see that in verse 43. Snuck in the middle of this section, of all these things that are going on, we see the Lord says he found Philip, and he says, follow me. In another text, we have the Lord saying, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He's going to say, follow me, and I'm going to give you your purpose. This could easily turn into a message where we all agree, and then we just go home. But I would hope and I would pray that today, this text would speak to your heart and to your mind. That you would be able to ask yourself, where am I following Christ, and where am I not? If you were to look at my life, if you were to look at the choices that I make, both good and bad, both for his glory and both probably that bring him shame, if you were to look at my life and say, John, follow me, what would I answer? What would I say about myself? I want to take a moment and let us reflect. So we're going to have a moment of silence, and I just want you to think and picture Jesus saying, follow me. To you, and then I want you to talk to him and tell him, Lord, these are the areas where I really need to follow you, and I know that I'm not. So just take a moment, do some business with him.
follow me. Jesus says to you today, follow me. Some of you may have something big that just came to mind. Some of you might have something small, something might have come up that was positive, negative. He says, follow me. He says, not only follow me, but I'm going to give you the power through the Holy Spirit to change. Right? So whatever you just thought about, whatever you're um, struggling with or whatever's going well, whatever you want to give to his throne, he says, I give you the power to change. You know, I, I love the disciples and, and following their stories throughout the Gospels and beyond. Um, did they always follow him? Absolutely not. Right? And there are many times where we see the disciples turning their back on him, saying, we're not going to go down this path that you're going down, Christ. We're not going to do it. There are other times where we see the disciples saying, you're not powerful enough, God, to make that happen. Whatever I was just thinking about, God, you're not powerful enough for that to happen. So we're not going to follow you anymore. We see other times where when he gives his purpose as being death, they even try and defend him and tell him he doesn't know what he's doing. God, you don't know what you're doing. I know, I know what's going on, but you don't know. They said that to the, the king and the savior, didn't they? So there are, there are texts that say, follow me. There's the power given to follow him. It now depends upon your submission. Will you submit those areas of your life that need change to him? Will you be willing to surrender and sacrifice those? Will you follow his lead in the areas where he's leading you? And not just negative, positive also. Areas in life where he may want you to go. Things he wants you to do and say to people. A mission he has for you. Will you follow him? If you're willing to let him change you, he will through the power of the Spirit. Sometimes that's going to be difficult. Right? Change is Maybe for you it's easier than for me, but a lot of times I come in kicking and screaming or hurting, needing someone to talk to when this change happens. Sometimes the event is just sort of forced upon you. You had no control. You didn't choose this change event to happen. It just happened. Somebody got sick. Somebody died. There was a divorce. There's hurt. There's pain. And this event has come upon you. Well, I'm very excited to say that um, this morning we want to introduce you <clears throat> to a, a new ministry at Wildwood called Stephen Ministry as part of this process. So you say I'm willing to change, but you say, you know what, I need someone to come alongside me and pray with me. I need someone to come alongside and just be there with me. I'm not asking for uh, professional counseling. I just need someone there to bounce some stuff off to be there with me. Um, if you would, take out your bulletins. And in your bulletins, uh, there's a little brochure that says Stephen Ministry. If yours is marked in the top corner, you won the gift card. No, I'm just kidding. There's no gift card, but just <laughs> pop out this brochure. I want to walk through it a little bit here. Let you know a little bit about what's going on. <clears throat> At the top on the inside, it says, what is Stephen Ministry? Our congregation, Stephen Ministry, equips lay people to provide confidential one-to-one -one Christian care to individuals in our congregation and our community who are experiencing difficulties in their lives. So as you go through this change process, the church is saying we have now trained people to come alongside man-to-man -man or woman-to-woman in a one-on-one -on -one relationship and meet with you. 
and that it will be totally confidential. Does a Stephen minister is this, a child of God who walks beside a person who is hurting, a congregation member with gifts for caregiving who was carefully selected to serve in this role, a lay person who has received 50 hours of training in providing emotional and spiritual care, a caring Christian friend who listens, prays, supports, and encourages, who will be there for his or her care receiver, meeting faithfully for an hour each week, as long as there's a need. This describes you also, right? This isn't just Stephen ministers. This is what our body is called to be. But as part of uh, making that a little bit easier for you to connect, some of you people that may not be in small groups or may not be in AFGs, things like that, we're saying that we have trained these people. They started... Uh, last September in equipping you about nine months ago and have gone through last year's equip, last fall's equipping you and this spring's equipping you, taking the Stephen ministry training. What are they not? They are not professional Christian counselors. They're lay people just like you who have said, I just want to come alongside and help. And they're people that for some intents and purposes in the church, sometimes it's hard for you to um, find out how to use this gift. So we advertised that there would be a lunch for Stephen ministry training, and that people came to lunch who maybe had the gifts of mercy, uh, or as we like to say, the gift of listening, right? And, and to say, hey, I, I seem to have this gift, or I have this passion, or this love that God has created in me. How can I use it in the church? So we took them through this training. Um, they're not doing this because they have to. They're doing this because they want to, and they feel called to do it. They're not being paid to do this ministry. Um, they're just a, a bunch of great people who will say, I love the Lord and I'll be there with you as you go through this time. Uh, it says they're in the middle. They care for people facing tough times. We all experience challenges in life. And then you see a list there of some of the things that might happen. A loss of a loved one, hospitalization, divorce, a spiritual crisis. These are the things that happen to you and sometimes happen because of your choice, either to choose to do something maybe we shouldn't or to choose to change. Right, whatever the event is, whatever reason this happened to you, the Stephen minister will come alongside and be there with you through it. It says it's a confidential ministry. The identity of those receiving care and what takes place in each caring relationship remain private. We would like you to ask you, and I'll, we'll have a vow for this during a ceremony that we're going to have in a few minutes, to pray for the Stephen ministry. There are 17 people who are today becoming Stephen ministers, uh, and we, just, we really need your prayer. We need you to pray that God would uh, be there for them, would lead them, would protect them, and would use them. We also need you, it says there in the third panel, to accept care from a Stephen minister during your time of need. God doesn't expect you to bear your burdens alone. You'll see at the bottom there, there are three of the one another passages. If you want a great Bible study this week, if you're not, not doing anything this afternoon or you're looking for a Bible study, go and look up the words one another in the scripture, right? Great way to do it, you can go to BibleGateway.com, just enter in one another. See what pops up. These are three of the passages. Bear one another's burdens. In this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. It says there, carry somebody else's burden. And in carrying somebody else's burden, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. So as you go through this change process, you're not only looking at yourself, you're looking to other people to help them. One of the scriptures that has been very meaningful to us during our Stephen ministry training has been 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And at the beginning of the chapter, he says that we go through trials, that we go through some of these struggles so that Christ can comfort us. Then we can comfort others with the comfort that Christ gave us. 
So there's a reason and there's a purpose that you go through trials. There's a reason and a purpose that this change needs to take place in your life, and it's not only for you, it's so that you can then help other people. Look at the other two one another's, encourage one another, build up one another, love one another as I have loved you. And that is, that is really the goal of the Stephen ministry, is just sacrificial, caring love for you from these people. If you look on the back panel and the orange panel, Right here, it says that it multiplies ministry. Pastors will always be on the front lines of care, especially during times of crisis. But there are always many more needs for ongoing one-to-one care than pastors can effectively meet by themselves while they're on the golf course. Stephen Ministry provides a biblical solution. I don't play golf, I just said it. I'm just saying. Equipping God's people for ministry. Guys, this is a large congregation. There's, there's some of you that aren't plugged in, don't know people in your small groups, things like that. There's some of you that meet with us, and as pastors, it is our delight to meet with you. But look around, there's a lot of people, and we're not called to do it all. We are, as a body, called to bear one another's burdens, right? It says, gifted lay people are trained to support and extend the care that pastors continue to provide. Stephen ministers reach out with God's love to people who are hurting, both congregation members and non-members alike. So these were trained, the Stephen ministers, in issues like suicide, depression, uh, listening, following the Lord since last September. And this morning, we're going to have the the honor of bringing them up here. Um, At this time, I'm going to ask Carla Fry to come up. And uh, Carla has a reflection on uh, Stephen ministry. So come on up, Carla. In 1975, three things happened that changed the rest of my life. First of all, I became a Christian in January of that year. Later in that year, I graduated from college with a degree in social work from OU. Later that summer, I went to work for the Department of Human Services, and that's been my career until the last five years. So I've been a caring professional for approximately the last 30 years. And I've enjoyed it, and it's been, a, it's been a quite a ride. But it's also very hard. And those three things have combined in my professional life and my personal life. Because as a Christian, caring is part of what we do, isn't it? That's scriptural, and we talk about it all the time. But you know, it's hard to do that kind of thing and not make mistakes, not get damaged, not get in trouble, not get hurt. It's kind of a hazardous duty. And I want to tell you that the Stephen ministry that I've been involved in this last few years is one of the best Christian-based caring organizations I've ever heard of. It provides the basis that's needed for people who want to provide Christian caring to their friends, their neighbors, and the people in their church. It provides the best supervision, the best support, the best encouragement and covering that I've ever seen. And that has been such a source of encouragement and joy to me in working with these people this last nine months. 
in one of the illustrations that's given early on to the, to the Stephen ministers in their training is the illustration of a compass, and it's called the caregiver's compass. In the center of that compass is the Cairo symbol. That looks like a P with a cross on it. We don't use it a lot in, in our church, but many churches use it as a symbol of Christ. And that means in the center of this compass is the Cairo. That means Christ is the center of, of everything we do to take direction. At the top of the compass point is the word compassionate. At the right-hand side is the word full of faith. At the bottom, skilled. And at the left side, trustworthy. Each of these are the compass points for Christian caregiving through Stephen Ministry. And this last 50 hours, the last nine months that we've spent in learning how to be Stephen ministers, are these people that you're going to meet this morning have learned to be compassionate. They've learned to be unshockable, how to share the pain of others without being pulled into the mud pit with them. They've learned about being full of faith. They've learned how to offer prayer and Christian caring tools, how to trust Christ for answers. Because as you can see from that list in that center panel John was having you look at, those are un unovercomable obstacles. Those are crushing burdens that no one can handle without the power of Christ. And so as we become caregivers this morning, as Stephen ministers, we know that the only power, the only goodness, the only hope is through Christ. And so they are people full of faith, and they have been trained to pursue that even more in regard to this. They have learned to be skilled. They learned how to be assertive, how to listen better, how to be process-oriented and not results-oriented. Because, you know, I don't know if you remember the story of... Um, <laughs> my mind went blank. Never mind. I'm not going to use that one. <laughs> They also learned the power of silences. I'm thinking this would be a good time for one. That finally, being trustworthy, they've learned how to practice confidentiality. Confidentiality means that information that you're given is like a gift. It's like a precious gem. It doesn't belong to you. And it's to be kept safe and guarded as, as a precious thing. That doesn't, it's like, you know, if you borrowed somebody's car, you wouldn't just take it in your place. You can't, it's not yours. So that's how they're taught in our training to be to, to care for confidentiality. We, uh, and then also under being skilled and under being trustworthy, we have to be accountable. There, we'll have accountability, accountability groups that meet twice a month with our caregivers, and they will talk to each other about what's going on. They'll give each other support, encouragement, and accountability. To me, that is the most important part. Having been trying to be a Christian caregiver all these 30 years, I made mistakes, I let people down, I forgot things, I didn't follow through on promises because I was out there all by myself. I didn't have support, I didn't have somebody to say, how'd it go, or did you go? And now I do. I'll have a group that will be loving me and supporting me and, and, and uh, challenging me to stay with it. So this is gonna be the best thing we could do right now for Wildwood. For everyone, it's not, it's not focused on any particular group. It's not focused on married or single. It's for any individual that needs somebody to come alongside. It's been a pleasure and a privilege to work with this group in this last year, and I hope that it's the beginning of many more sessions with many more Stephen ministers.
Now I want to ask our student ministers to come up. We're going to commission them this morning. Aren't they beautiful? As I call your name, please step forward where you can be seen. They wouldn't all do that this morning at first hour. These are in no particular order. I just want to introduce to you the new Stephen ministers at Wildwood Church. Keith Eaton, Robin Node, Karen Node, Nancy Wanth, Frank Neese, Jan Neese, Linda Kruger, Gary Kruger. Oh, there you are. Okay. I can't see. Ann Stewart, John Meeks. <laughs> Step forward, John. Thank you. <laughs> They're used to me being bossy by now. Heather Meeks, Mark Bonji, Jason Payne, Candace Magruder, June Rainier, Kit Weesey, Brian Wolf, and Nancy Wolf. These are the Stephen Ministers. Brothers and sisters, each of you has been comforted by God with the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection for you. We ask you now to join in serving our Lord and those in our congregation and neighborhood who need to be comforted. As the Lord Jesus has responded to your needs, we ask you to strive to be responsive to the needs of others. As the Lord Jesus took the burdens of the world on his shoulders and has been a friend to you in troubled times, we ask you to be a friend to those who are burdened under the stress of daily life. As the Lord Jesus patiently listens when you turn to him, we ask you to be a patient listener in a hurried world. As the Lord Jesus has broken down the barriers that separated you from God, we ask you to heal divisions wherever you find them and strive to make people whole. As the Spirit of Christ has given you gifts for service, we ask you to use those skills and talents to help those people whom you serve and to pray for them. As the Lord Jesus has shown his care to you, we ask you to help this congregation grow as a caring community through your own caring ministry. Yes, with the help of God. Okay. Are you prepared to meet those requests that we ask of you? Yes, with the help of God. Are you prepared to nurture the skills you have learned and use them in service to others, to support, encourage, build up, and comfort people in all their needs? Yes, God. Now I'm going to ask the congregation um, if you would commit to uh, pray for the Stephen ministry.
And so I'm going to ask you, will you commit to pray for the Stephen ministry? And you'll say yes with the help of God. And will you commit to pray for the Stephen ministry? Yes with the help of God. Thank you. Um, guys, are you prepared to serve the Stephen ministers? Well, I'd like now to ask the elders and the pastors to come up, and uh, Mark is going to pray for this group. Well, while the guys are coming down, just uh, what a great privilege it is for Wildwood to have this ministry that is launching today. And uh, I, I mentioned this to you all in the first service also, but um, it is so fitting that the response is, yes, with the help of God. Because to care for anyone, to be the hands and the feet of Christ, to care for anyone is a task that is beyond any individual. Uh, but yet, as the Spirit of God works in our lives, all things are possible. And so, through dependence upon His Spirit, uh, we believe great things will happen through this ministry. Uh, would you please join me in prayer? Father God, as we stand here on the stage right now, we are celebrating the launch of a ministry at Wildwood, a new ministry. But Father, as we do that, uh, we were just mindful of the fact that this is not a launching of your involvement here or a launching of your care of people here uh, because you've been at work at Wildwood for weeks and, and months and years over the history of our church. We thank you for that. And Father, it is not the origin of your work in our community because as this town has been here for over 100 years now, that you have been at work here for all of that time. And Father, it is not even the beginning of your work in this country as it's been going on on and on. Your involvement in the world which has been occurring since the moment of creation. Father, we are celebrating the launch of a ministry, not the launch of your work, but, Father, the launch of a particular form that we're trusting you to work within here at Wildwood. Father, thank you for all of these individuals. Thank you for how you have brought them together as a team. Thank you for how you have allowed them to get the training that you've allowed them to have and the leadership under John and Carla. Father, thank you for how you have prepared them for this point. And Father, we want to thank you in advance for the ministry that you will do through them within our body. Father, I pray that as they go out and as they serve, that all of us would have a sense of your presence with us. Father, that you would minister the love of Christ through them. When they are present, we will be reminded that your Spirit is always present with us. And when they provide care, that we will be reminded that you always care for us in Christ. Thank you so much for raising up this team. And Father, we pray now that as they are launched, that your purposes will be enacted through them as they trust in you. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You guys can go on down. Oh, you want to stay up with them? Sorry. Um, Robin and Karen are going to sing for us. Sorry, guys, we'll stay up here.
Robin and Karen tried to get us to sing with them. So I was, I was just trying to get us off the stage quicker, guys. That was the goal of the whole Stephen ministry group was get, get us off the stage quickly, right? Um, again, who will we choose to follow today in all areas of our life? What choices will you make today? Are you willing to give over those areas of your life to Christ that you're holding on tightly to. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this time we've had this morning when we know that your word calls us all to be Stephen ministers. Lord, that it says that um, we are to bear one another's burdens. And Father, I just pray that as we leave here today that this wouldn't just be another Sunday, but this would be a Sunday where we reflect and we think we feel and we change in order to become conformed to the image of your son, Jesus. Lord, that you would work on those parts that we're holding on to. And Lord, that if uh, it would be your will that you provide someone like a Stephen minister to walk us through it. Lord, we love you. We know we are not uh, saved except through Christ. And it's in his name I pray.